So our sermon this morning will focus on introducing our priority for the year. So as a community of Jesus followers, what should we be doing? What should our priority be for 2024? What goal should we really pursue and focus on? And that's the question that the elders asked the Holy Spirit in the latter part of last year. As we approached this new year, we said, God, what do you want us to focus on, especially as a church? And after discussion and prayer, and more discussion and more prayer, and then lots more prayer, we landed on this. God wants us to prioritise being distinctive. He wants us to learn what it means to live holy lives in this modern world of ours in the 21st century. God, after he saves us, he doesn't just say, they'll save you, now just live as you want. He calls us out to be distinctive in this world, to be different, to stand out from the rest of the unbelieving people in the world. And the way we're to be different is by being holy. Nowadays, there is so much pressure in the world to be like the world, to adopt its values as ours, to, to fit in, to blend in with everyone else and just go with the flow and do what everyone else is doing. So we really felt that we need to focus on and remember that as Christians, we are different. We might not like that, but we are. We just are. We are distinctive. And as we prayed over this, a few verses from the Bible in particular stood out to us. Here they are. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. What calling have we received if we're Christians? To live holy lives. And when we do that, when we live in holiness, we automatically become distinctive. And then Revelation chapter 18, verse 4, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins. We are to come out of Babylon. That is to say, the kingdom of this world. The kingdom which worships self rather than worshipping God. We're not part of that kingdom. As Christians, we're part of the kingdom of God. So we're not to share in the sins of the rest of the world, not just to go along and do all the things that they're doing. We're to live different, distinctive lives. And then Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't conform, says the Apostle Paul. Don't blend in. Don't swim with the current. Be distinctly different. Go against the flow. Live counter-cultural lives. And we do that by the renewing of our minds. And we'll be spending the rest of this year thinking about and learning about what it means to renew our minds in this way. And then 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 and 16 verses which we read earlier as obedient children do not conform there it is again be non-conformists 
to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Don't conform. Instead, be holy. And actually, the passage that we read earlier from 1 Peter chapter 1 is absolutely full to the brim of ways in which we are to be distinctive. Ways in which we are to be different in the way we conduct ourselves, different from the non-Christian world. So, with the person next to you, I want you to look up that passage, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 to 25. If you don't have a Bible... Please just raise your hand and the stewards will come around and give you a Bible. But hopefully you've got a Bible or you've got it on your phone. Look up this passage, it's on the screen, and then scan through it and find out how we are to be distinct and different from people who are not Christians. There are quite a few ways, actually, so um, hopefully you'll find a whole bunch of them. I'll give you about two or three minutes or something like that. Off you go. I was really struck by this passage in pretty much every verse. Peter mentions something, doesn't he, that tells us this is how you're to stand out. You're not of the world, you're different, and this is how. So, first of all, and you can look at these verses um, as I bring them up on the screen in your Bible. Verse 13, he says, set your hope on future grace. So that's where our hope is. It's, there's grace now for us. There has been grace in saving us. And there's future grace as well, waiting for us in heaven. We hope in that, don't we? And then verse 14, we live obedient lives. That's our concern. We want to be obedient to God. Some of the world who's not a Christian doesn't really care about that. And then verse 14 again, we don't conform. That word coming up, don't conform to evil desires. Refuse to be squashed into the mould of the world. Verse 15, be holy in everything. Not just be holy in, in a few ways or when you come to church. Be holy in all you do. And then verse 16. Why should we be holy? Because God is holy. We follow our Father. Continuing through, um, it says, live as foreigners. I love the way he puts it. Um, you, if you're a foreigner, you say, I don't belong. I don't belong to the kingdom of this world. My home is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And, and that's where I'm grounded and anchored, there. And I live according to that kingdom. And then verse 18 and 19, we're redeemed people. And, and we haven't been redeemed by someone paying a lot of cash for us. It's the blood, the precious blood of Christ. And we'll be thinking about that verse later as we come to communion. And then verse 20, this is how we're different, isn't it? Jesus has been revealed to us before we were Christians. Maybe we didn't really think very much or care very much for Jesus, but suddenly, that's who he is. He's my saviour. He gave himself for me. It's like the, the, the blindfolds have been taken off of our eyes. And then verse 21, we put our faith and hope in God, not in government or in money or in success or in our own um, gifts or abilities, in God. That's how we're different. Verse 22, we're concerned about being pure and we live pure lives by being obedient. And then continuing on, 
um, in verse 22. Um, uh, this is a very, very full and wonderful verse, isn't it? This is how we're to live, having sincere love, from the, uh, loving each other deeply from the heart. We're, we're to be loving people. Uh, we're to be the most loving people on the planet. That's what we're called to do, and that's how we're to be different. Verse 23, we've been born again. We're living a new life. Do you remember the imagery from baptisms last week? We're dead to the old life. We've been born anew. We've been raised to the new life. And then verse 24 and 25, now we live according to the word of God. It's the word of God that's our authority, our rule, our light, our compass, our guide, and so on. That's how um, we, we learn about how to live according to the word of God. So although in one sense we live lives that are just the same as everyone else, we you know, go to work and we do chores and we drop our kids off at school and we go to the supermarket, etc., etc. In one sense we're just the same as everyone else, but in another sense we are profoundly different, aren't we? And the, the, the way we're different are those things which Peter lists and he doesn't just uh, list them in that one passage. The whole uh, concern of Peter in his letter and letters is to show us that we are to be distinctive. You may have noticed that Peter mentions holiness quite a lot in verses 15 and 16. Just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. As it is written, be holy for I am holy. Holiness and living a holy life is a theme that runs all through the Bible, throughout the whole of the Bible from start to finish. And that's why we've subtitled our priority for the year, what it means to be holy in the modern world. It's not just holiness was something for the people in the first century in the New Testament. It was for them and it's for us now, 21 centuries on. We're to be holy. But what is holiness? What does it mean to be holy? When we think of being holy, we might think of a, an image like this. Um, maybe someone in a church setting, praying devoutly, perhaps a nun or a monk or something like that, who's, who's gone off and given their whole life to God. This is definitely part of holiness, but it's not the whole. To be holy means to be special, sacred, other, unique. The Bible is called the Holy Bible because it's a book like no other, because it's a book that's been inspired by God. There's no other book like that. Here's a fuller uh, definition of holiness from um, a Greek dictionary of New Testament words. The fundamental core meaning of holy is different. In the New Testament, holy has this technical meaning, different from the world because you're like the Lord. And holiness implies set apart. Um, something that's set apart and therefore something different or distinguished or distinct. Something other because it's special to God. So there's this kind of separation, otherness, distinctiveness aspect to being holy. God himself is called holy many times in the Bible because he is utterly unique and other. Um, he's, he's the powerful force behind the creation of the whole world. There's nothing and no one um, in the universe like God. 
in, his, in terms of his creative power. And as a holy God, he calls us to be holy. What does that mean? It means he sets us apart to be different, to be like Jesus. Something holy is something that's set apart by God or set apart for God. And we have been set apart by God for him, to live for him, to live with him. That is our aim. That is our goal, our calling, to be set apart, to be different, set apart to be like Jesus. That's what it means to be holy. And therefore, we want to give this thought and priority this year. Over and over and over and over again, in the Bible, we see that God's people are set apart to be different from the people of the world. Here's just a very small selection of verses that show that. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. There it is. That's our aim. We're to live a holy life, to be like Jesus. We're called to holiness. John chapter 17, 15 and 16 Jesus says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. So Jesus reminds us that we are not of this world. We don't follow its morals, its habits, its beliefs. We're separate from all that. We belong to the kingdom of God. James chapter 4, verse 14. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So he was evidently addressing Christians who had started to become a bit too friendly with the world and had started to adopt some of the world's practices as their own. He says, no, you're to be separate. You're friends with God now, not with the world. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 30. Be careful not to be ensnared by inquiring about their gods, saying, how do these nations serve their gods? We will do the same. So God rescued his people from Egypt. He saved them and then he called them out to be separate. And he gave them his rules. And he says, live like this. These are rules of love that I've given you because I care for you. And then he warns them. And this kind of verse comes up over and over. He says, be very careful. Don't get ensnared by their gods. And that's exactly the same for us. We've been saved, not from Egypt, but from Sin, sins are our taskmaster, wasn't it? We've been saved from sin. And now we've got, got to be careful not to be ensnared by the gods of this world, the gods of money, the god of sex, the god of success, the god of just self and selfishness. Don't be ensnared by those gods. Don't do the same as everyone else is doing. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners, that word again, and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. There's Peter reminding us of the damage uh, it does to our souls to just do what the world does. First Thessalonians 4, 7. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. And there's so many more verses like that. That's just a snapshot of the theme of holiness that runs through the Bible. And as, as, as elders, as we, as we met together and prayed together about being distinct, we started to ask God 
um, ways in which we said, God, where is it especially hard to be holy in our modern world? What areas should we specifically focus on where it's really difficult to live as you call us to live? And we landed on two specific ways in which it's particularly difficult to be distinctive due to the pressures that UK society, secular society, puts on us. And here they are. The first area is the area of sex, marriage and singleness. To obey God and live as he requires in these areas is super difficult in our day and age. If, if you're not from the UK and you've recently come to the UK, I'm sure that you've noticed how permissive UK culture is in sex and relationships. We live in a hookup culture where sex is everywhere and Tinder ads encourage us to just have sex whenever we like with whoever we like. And it's hard to avoid this thinking becoming our thinking. It's hard to avoid sex in advertising and on TV and in the internet. It's hard to maintain pure lifetime marriages. It's hard to be single and celibate according to God's requirements. It's hard to be holy and different and distinct in this area. And it's hard because sex is everywhere in our culture. It's hard because in our culture, sex with whoever you want, whenever you want, is considered a right. This is my right and I will have it. And it's hard because it's an area which Satan especially attacks because marriage, as God designed it, points beyond itself to Christ's relationship with his bride, the church. And therefore Satan will always attack human marriage because of what it points to, because of what it symbolises. So that's the first area in which it's particularly hard to live a holy life. And the second way it's difficult is in spending time with Jesus in order to get close to him. We are often too busy, too distracted, or too interrupted to cultivate our relationship with Jesus. <coughs> Reading a chapter of the Bible seems difficult and boring because it's not a 10-second video. Oh, it's too hard. It, 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 we just get used to everything flashing and quick, don't we? Weapons of mass distraction, which we all have in our pocket, militate us militate against us having a relationship with Jesus and therefore growing in holiness and becoming distinctive. It's harder and harder to focus, isn't it, nowadays? Because everything we have is designed to keep us distracted and scrolling, uh, endlessly scrolling. So, our new sermon series starting next week is on sex, marriage and singleness. And then later on in the year, we'll be focusing on the book of First Peter, because Peter says so much about being distinctive and holy. And then we'll take a deep dive into some disciplines which will help us to be holy. And these disciplines have been practiced by Christians from ancient times, and they need to be rediscovered so that we can combat our distracted lives and really build and cultivate closeness to God. So, how about you? Where are you at? 
I want to talk to those of you, first of all, who are not Christians. Because if you're not a Christian, you are in the world. You are practicing worldliness. You are living according to the world's values and beliefs with no reference to God, taking his blessings but ignoring him. So I urge you to move away from the world and to come to God, to repent of your sin, to turn to Jesus, believing that he died and took the punishment you deserve for your sin, and then to move into that area of holiness, to live for him. Be saved, and then after you've saved, be holy. I urge you to do that. But if you are a Christian, I want to ask you, as we, as we face the year, and as we think about our priority for the year, what are you striving for in your life? What do you want most? What are you aiming for? What are you going to prioritise this year? Is it holiness or is it something else? If holiness is not our priority, then we'll probably just drift into becoming worldly because we're not really thinking about pursuing this goal. And we'll end up just living like everyone else and we won't stand out as Christ followers at all. And there's something else that can happen to us as Christians. And I want to illustrate that now with a couple of stepladders. So I'm going to ask Mark and Paul to come forward and to set up those stepladders there on the stage. Now, I saw a pastor do this on Instagram, and already I'm kind of thinking, should I have done this? But I'm going to go for it anyway. When I, when I told my wife, Claire, I'm going to try and do this, she kind of rolled her eyes and, uh, and just said, be careful. So uh, after nearly accidentally baptising myself uh, last week, I've got to be very careful not to uh, fall off the ladders. Um, but it's a really, really cool illustration because it uh, illustrates... Uh, how we can become as Christians. And uh, I want to actually do it because I hope it will be memorable for the right reasons. Okay. <laughs> so we've got these two stepladders, thank you. And uh, obviously one uh, represents holiness and one represents worldliness. And as I said, when we're not Christians, before we come to Christ, we're just um, climbing up this ladder, aren't we? We're just entirely focused on the world. We don't think about God and holiness at all. It doesn't bother us. But as we've seen, when you become a Christian, you kind of leave behind that worldliness and your concern becomes to God's kingdom and to holiness. And we start to go up this ladder a bit more because we want to get closer to God. And, and every year, every step, we grow, don't we? And, and that's our uh, um, vision statement, always growing. Christ loves strength and new life. And we want to grow as Christians. We want to grow in our relationship to God. But something can happen to us. This happens to me. And I want to challenge you. Is it happening to you? Sometimes we end up like this, okay, as Christians. So we're Christians, so we have the Spirit in us. So we, we want to grow, so we take a step towards God. But we like the world, and there's certain things in the world that we like, so we become like this, okay? And I see some of you looking very nervous, but I'm feeling very nervous. And then what happens is, we end up like this, 
and it's really, really awkward. And of course, it, there comes a point where we can't really go any further because, well, I can't go any further. I'm not going to attempt to go any further. Because, and we end up kind of in the middle, in limbo, kind of in no man's land. We, we're not really fully pursuing God and we're kind of half in the world and so our growth stops. And if you're here, you're missing out on all the blessings that God has for you here as we get closer to him. And if you're here, you'll just stunt your growth. You won't, right, I'm going to get off the ladder now because I can feel myself. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> can you give a round of applause to my two beautiful assistants? No, take them off. Put it yeah, thank you. I think I deserve a round of applause for not falling off as well. <laughs> I urge you to, to not have a foot in both worlds, as it were. To, to not think, yes, I belong to God, but there's some things, some sins, some attitudes that I just can't let go of. Because that will stop you growing. That will stop you becoming holy. That will hinder your relationship with God and God loves you and he wants to get closer to you and he offers you wonderful blessings when we get closer. God's led me to this verse which I want to share with you and I hope it it rings in our ears and continues to do so. Um, It's Joshua chapter 24 verse 15. So Joshua um, is saying to to God's people, okay you've come out of slavery but are you going to go with God now? Are you going to walk with him? But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So he kind of lays it before them. And he says, we're, we're going to go for it here, but you need to decide, who are you serving? Are you going to serve the Lord or the gods with a small g? And it's the same for us, isn't it? Who are we going to serve? Are we going to serve the Lord or the gods of money, sex and power and so on and so on? Or are we going to attempt to serve both and get stuck in the middle and never really grow very much in our Christian life? The challenge to us is be distinctive. Serve the Lord. Grow in holiness. And as I finish, I want to just say this. Sometimes we can be a bit fearful of living holy lives, of being distinctive. Maybe as we grew up, holiness was something that just really turned us off because it was just, no, don't do this, don't do that, don't have fun. And and it was all very strict. Maybe that turned you off. Or maybe you kind of stood out for the Lord and someone really made fun of you or something and you you thought, I don't want to make that stand anymore. I want to encourage you to throw off your fear and to trust God and to go for it. Holiness, yes, let's be honest, it can sound scary or weird. But being holy is not strict or serious or boring. Being holy is a joyful relational, exciting thing. Because God's commands aren't to spoil our fun. They're freeing. They free us to live for him. As Michael said last week in his testimony, God's laws are not restrictive. They are protective. 
God cares for us. His laws aren't just to kind of steal our fun and, and our joy. They protect us, enable us to, to live fulfilled lives. We gain deep satisfaction and wonderful fulfillment from living distinct holy lives. Because at the heart of holiness is a relationship with God. He teaches us to dance with joyful abandon to the tune of his love. That's what holiness is. God teaches us a new dance. And it's a dance that we should dance with joyful abandon to the tune of his love. That's what holiness is. And then as we learn that dance, and as our joy increases, we start to become more attractive. Our lives become more attractive to non-Christians. People notice our selflessness, or our care for them, or our forgiving spirit, or our humility, and so on. And they want it, because without knowing it, they see a little bit of Jesus in us. And they smell, as it were, the aroma of Christ in us. That's what it means to be holy. That's what it means to be distinctive. It's not scary, it's exciting. And it has a wonderful effect on non-Christians. It draws them and points them to Christ. So don't be scared, don't be fearful. Be bold, be strong, and be determined, and you will reap the benefits. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us the priority for this year. Help us, we pray. And that's the key thing. Help us. We need your help to be distinctive, to live holy lives in this modern age, because there are so many temptations, so many pressures. It's so difficult to lose our focus. So help us, we pray. And help us to be excited about it, Lord God. Not scared or depressed, but excited about the blessings you have in store for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.